once verified. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. Hello, Captains. You're listening to episode 344 of Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast, and your weekly report on all things Star Trek, recorded live on Tuesday, November 21st, 2017, and available for download or streaming on Friday, November 24th at PriorityOnePodcast.com. I'm Elijah. I'm Kenna. And I'm Tony. All right, Kenna, why don't you tell us what we've got coming up this week? Well, it's Thanksgiving week for some of our team here in the States, so we're keeping it short and sweet, and we'll be back next week with even more Star Trek goodness for you to enjoy. But for this week, we're trekking out the latest rumors about a Galaxy Quest reboot, whether veteran Trek cameos in Star Trek Discovery would be a good idea, and whether Discovery has broken existing Star Trek canon. It's pretty quiet in Star Trek Online this holiday week, but the game is full of special offers, so I'm letting you know what goodies you can grab. And as always, before we wrap up the show, we'll open hailing frequencies for your incoming messages. Captains, you know we love to hear from you between episodes, so please reach out to us. We're on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Priority One Podcast. We're on Twitter at Priority One Pod. You can even send us an email via incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Captains, this week in America, we're celebrating Thanksgiving. And you know what we're thankful for? Well, that's you. We are so very grateful for the ongoing support that you give us here at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Not just by downloading and listening to our shows, but also by sharing them. And of course, a big thanks to our patrons, who offer financial support from month to month to help keep Priority One Podcast going. Unfortunately, this little endeavor isn't free. And without your support, we cannot keep it going. Now, over the last few months, we've been doing some additional content for our patrons over at Patreon.com. For instance, our longer, unscripted, and unedited versions of On Screen, our Star Trek Discovery review podcast, featuring myself, Tony Hunter, James Lee, and special guests like Al, Captain Gecko Rivera, and Dr. Robert Hurt. Now, even though Star Trek Discovery is on a hiatus, we still plan to give you some additional content over the coming weeks. So, if you're interested in supporting Priority One, whilst also getting some awesome new content, visit us over at patreon.com forward slash Priority One. Now, we have different levels and tiers. You can donate as little as $1, or you can donate just about whatever you want. Every little bit helps, Captains. If many of you contribute a dollar, that would be fantastic. Again, that link is patreon.com forward slash Priority One. Links, of course, are on our website and will be in our show notes. Now let's check out the latest news from the Star Trek multiverse. I don't know. Then let's check it out. Just when you thought you'd had enough shows on a starship, it looks like there's another in the works. Rumors have been circulating for years that Galaxy Quest would be adapted for a television spin-off. However, most of those rumors stopped when actor Alan Rickman, who played Dr. Lazarus, passed away by Grabthar's hammer. 
However, after talking with Slash Film about the film The Disaster Artist, Paul Shear also answered a few questions about the potential Galaxy Quest project that he's slated to showrun. According to the interview with Ben Pearson of Slash Film, he's already submitted the first script to Amazon. Trying not to give too much away, Shear tells Pearson, quote, So it's mixing two casts. It's separate kind of adventures that kind of merge. And I'm looking at this first season not as episodic, but as a serialized story. And then the other jumping-off point was, I love that in 1999, as a fan of Star Trek, and going to these conventions since I was a kid, sci-fi, fantasy, those worlds have changed so drastically. I really wanted to capture the difference between the original cast of Star Trek and the J.J. Abrams cast of Star Trek. I think that, to me, is my entry point. Sci-fi heroes are rock stars now. End quote. You know, there's, um, before we get into discussing, you know, what could potentially be a Galaxy Quest television series, as I was writing up this week's Trek It Out, I came across a blog or an article that Tim Allen wrote for The Hollywood Reporter regarding his relationship with Alan Rickman. And it turns out that it started off a little rocky. It started off kind of like... You mean like two gigantic, you know, Hollywood stars with big egos clashing? A little bit. It was it was so far that, you know, Tim Allen, I'm summarizing and paraphrasing here, but Tim Allen essentially explains that, you know, he didn't go to a dramatic arts school. You know, he was a comedian right. that that kind of that 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 found success, whereas everybody else on the cast or most of the people on cast in the cast um, had training. And so Alan Rickman was kind of turned off by it and didn't really take Tim Allen very seriously until they started shooting and realized that Tim Allen was indeed a, like a legit actor and that, and that they then had a very f uh, wonderful friendship develop from that. And they would come over to each other's houses and Alan Rickman would come over, always come over with gifts and stuff. Oh, it's life imitating art. Look. Yeah, yeah. Take a little bit of friends, become enemies, and who's become friends? A little bit of an antagonist and a protagonist? Yeah, it's a very sweet story. It, it, and it reminds me a little bit of TNG, kind of how... Sir Patrick Stewart was very, like, no fun and laughing on stage. Yeah, there's a crew here to do a job, and you're disrespecting them and stuff. And then by the time right, they get to right. season seven, they're goofing around all the time. Yeah, no, but, yeah, I, everyone misses Alan Rickman. Uh, that, and it's, it was, his, his early and untimely death sort of, like, wrecked a lot of things, I think. Uh, but hopefully the the show must go on, and hopefully they'll get something. Uh, we can use more science fiction on TV. I'll take a yeah, Galaxy Quest TV show. I... I don't know. This is a difficult one for me. There's so many. I'm trying not to. I'm trying not to reread that quote that you've got there because um, there's so much in it that just makes me go, ah, "Don't do that." <laughs> but um, you know, I, it, Galaxy Quest. If you if you'd have described the film Galaxy Quest to me before they made it, I would have been like, "You're kidding, right?" Yeah, I, it would have sounded awful, and then it ended up being this real gem. Um, I would like to think that that might happen again with the TV series, although I'm not sure if you can kind of catch that kind of uh, magic in a bottle kind of thing that happened with the with the film. Yeah, to a certain extent, it was kind of lightning in the bottle, and I think it's aged better than maybe the initial reception too. I mean, the, mm -hmm. through through the lens of time, it, it's become more cherished than maybe it was at the beginning. And, yeah. Hopefully that informs the TV show and they treat it not well and, and do something fun with it. But, you know, I, I'll be happy to you know give it a try, even if I have to spend 10 bucks at Amazon. Mm. But I'll wait for it to, I'll wait to see till it comes out. So that brings us to this week's first community question. Do you think Galaxy Quest should be brought to the small screen for an on-demand platform? Or was the movie gold just the way it is and no further storytelling is needed? So what do you think about cameos in Star Trek Discovery from veteran Trek actors? Well, some of you might agree with Lorca. 
or Jason Isaacs, in that they should be avoided. Talking with Metro UK, Isaacs believes that introducing cameo appearances would break the show's drama. Quote, if you have stunt celebrity cameo casting, it completely pulls them out of it, them being the audience. They feel like they're watching a Saturday Night Live sketch, end quote. Speaking of appearances, we've had a chance to see some interesting new alien species in Star Trek Discovery, including the Kelpians and Cyborgs. Now, what about other Federation member species, like Andorians and Tellarites? Well, in a Twitter exchange on November 16th, showrunner Aaron Harberts replied to that same question with, quote, definitely, end quote. So, come second season, we might start seeing some Andorians and Tellarites. Uh, can I can I just interject and say that uh, I agree with Jason Isaacs on everything, uh, and if you're not following <laughs> him on Twitter, he's he's possibly one of the most entertaining celebrities I've followed in a long His time. His Twitter feed is a treasure. It is a treasure. He he he's a national treasure, despite the fact that he's he's English. an international treasure. He's an international treasure. That, yeah. Um, yeah. And actually, on this particular issue. I also agree with it, especially when you're talking about a, a, a serialized story arc like we've been having. I, I think the, the cameos that we saw in TNG, for instance, that's my favorite of the Star Trek series. I think most of the time they worked because they stand alone as a little gem within, you know, within the landscape. But if that little gem kind of like interjects and then... It, takes you out of the storyline eh I'm not crazy about that idea yeah well and remember they did a handoff with McCoy he had you know two or three minutes of screen time and then it was like mm-hmm. one until season four season five they brought Scotty on yeah and when then I guess uh, Spock was season they had three they, they had a number five yeah they had a number yeah they had a number mm-hmm. of seasons under their belt before they started doing the cameo trick and I think that that's fair I mean when by the time it shows that old you can do some things and you don't get what like what he's what uh, Isaacs is referring to, you know that sort of Saturday Night Live sketch moment. It doesn't seem like a stunt. If you've been had your own show for four or five seasons doing your own thing, it's not a stunt anymore. It's just hey, this is fun. Let's do let's shake it up a little bit. For this particular series, though, it would very much feel as though it were a stunt because you'd have to do a lot of faffing around in order to get someone in because of that whole issue. Yeah, well, I mean this. I've already been on record as saying that I do not approve of them taking old characters from TOS and putting them in, just slapping them in there. I don't like Sarek. I don't like Harry Mudd. I just don't like that stuff. I think it. they need to not worry about that and get their own show together and let it run for a while. I think Isaacs is 100% correct. If they want to bring, if they want to do like Enterprise did and bring in one of the actors as somebody completely different, mm-hmm. like they, I mean, they had Eric Soong. It's not Data. It's, it's, Data's creator's great-grandfather, and I think that's far enough away, and they gave him something interesting to do as part of mm-hmm. a storyline, not yeah. just, you know, uh, oh, it's like, you know, it's uh, Captain Picard's great-grandfather, and he's stuck in an escape pod, and he has wacky adventures with the crew. No, 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 And give give him something to do and let him do that, uh, you know, let, let him do that mission or let him do that, uh, that important plot thing. Mm. The only thing that I think would work and could work is if that if they used, for instance, Spock from the JJ verse, right? Mm-hmm. If they if they bring in someone like Chris Pine or Zachary Quinto yeah. to play the roles that they are, because they are technically that young. Yeah. If they bring in someone like a George Takei to play somebody else, that's that seems stunty to me. 
even though there was a red matter split, it's still technically Zachary Quinto, Chris Pine, right? It's still them, so to speak, mm-hmm. um, with a with some minor suspension of disbelief. So the, yes, the only way that I think it would work is if they if they bring in those characters, if they bring in those actors to play those characters, um, but not but not you know bringing in George Takei to play something that that he's just not suited to play anymore. That becomes literally a, a Saturday Night Live sketch. That's a Star Trek. <laughs> ah, Spocko, that's a Star Trek. You oh know my god, I mean. they could have a cameo from Spocko. Spocko. <laughs> <laughs> yes! Well, hey, you know, they already had one, you know, adopted sister that we didn't know about. Why not another brother? And then the half-brother from Star yeah. Trek Five. I mean, Spock yeah. should have yet another... We should totally have a Spocko cameo. Yes, this yeah. is right. This is correct. <laughs> Jason Isaacs, take note. So there's our second community question this week. Would you rather see iconic characters, i.e. Spock, Kirk, a Pike, make appearances on the show, or avoid them and keep introducing new characters and new stories? Let us know in the comments section for this episode at PriorityOnePodcast.com forward slash PO344, or by sounding off on our social media platforms like Facebook or Twitter. So what's on the whiteboard for Season 2 of Star Trek Discovery? Well, while still talking with Metro.co.uk, Harbert suggested that we'll get answers to canonical questions like, why hasn't the spore drive been discussed before? What will happen to Burnham? They're 10 years before the original series, so whatever they decide should ultimately lead up to that first episode. So um, let's, let's talk about that. Have they totally broken canon? I don't think there's anything that has been shown yet that breaks canon other than Klingons having clothes early in the game. Don't even talk about Klingons. They've broken all the canons. All the canons are broken with Klingons. I don't think that they've broken canon for Mm -mm. Klingons. I don't think that there has been enough established canon for Klingons to suggest that that they've broken it. And in terms of Federation canon and what Starfleet is, you know, the fact that Spock has a surrogate sister and it wasn't ever mentioned before doesn't mean that that she didn't exist let's look at star trek let's look at uh, uh what's his face star trek uh, 5 the worst brother. star trek movie ever right got it right well second worst second worst it may not have been good but it established canon <laughs> mm-hmm. spock has sure. a, a crazy brother um and in this particular case i don't think michael o. burnham's character uh poo-poos on Spock in any way, shape, or no. form. And if you read the book Desperate Hours, on the contrary, they they they're very much, they very much almost complement each other, um, and were estranged for so very long. Mm-hmm. They didn't they didn't have a relationship. So it's 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 almost like yeah, why would Spock bring her up? Yeah. So, but and it, but again, in, in terms of hard canon, you know, Trekno babble, established storytelling. You know, Pike is still captain of the Enterprise right now. Mm-hmm. And technology wise, we've had some canon bending, mm-hmm. like for instance, the holodeck, but the holodeck could be argued was in fact still canon because of the, the animated series episode mm-hmm. where they go into the holodeck. Um, they call it something different in the animated series, but it's still a holodeck. And with respect to the spore drive, well, just because we never heard of it doesn't mean that it didn't exist and that it doesn't end up getting locked away, classified under Section 31 archives. There's 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 a lot of very easy ways to erase discovery in the spore drive from history. They just owe me an explanation for the groovy shroom drive. That's all they owe me. Yeah, they, I, I, you know, it's, it's so, it's, it would be so simple for them to just poof that away. Um, 
the, I don't think it I don't think it encroaches on 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 canon in any way personally. Well, it does right now, but as long as they give me an explanation for it, which apparently they intend to do. Uh, yeah, so as, so as long as long as as long as I get an explanation for it, that's fine. The rest of that stuff, I think, is just TV nonsense. Oh, we have to tie it into Spock somehow. We got to bring back Sarek because it's the fans are. I, I think it's just poor decision making on as, as, on a TV level. I just mm. think that, that that's that's all. That's my that's my complaint with it. But I, I, the groovy shroom drive is the only thing I require an explanation for as a fan, and I'll just never forgive him for the Klingons. We'll just we'll just agree to disagree. Yeah, I mean the other thing that, w- that they they went into in great detail in Discovery that potentially could have been mentioned in a contradictory way before was how the Klingon War started. We kind of know that the Klingon War is a thing and that it happened. We know how it ended. I don't recall. You know, a, a detailed explanation of how it started or when it started or anything like that. Um, it, somebody smarter than me might know if that's, you know, if there are references yeah. that way. But uh, that's the only thing I could possibly think of that somebody made an offhand comment about uh, the Klingon shot first. And we're like, well, no, in the remastered version, the Federation <laughs> shot first. Um, <laughs> Where's Greedo when you need him? <laughs> yeah. So, I, you know, that's the only thing I could possibly think. But other than that, no. I don't think it does. Well, that wraps up the news from the Star Trek multiverse. Now let's find out what happened this week in Star Trek Online and gaming news. Computer status report. Status. Incoming message. I'm only in the mood for good news today. Well, Captains, welcome to Star Trek Online and Gaming News. It's Thanksgiving week here in the States, which means the Cryptic Studios team are mostly away eating turkey with their families, instead of updating Star Trek Online. However, they did leave some smashing deals running for this Black Friday weekend, and you don't even have to live in the U.S. to take advantage of them. First up, all platforms, that's PC, Xbox One, and PlayStation 4, will benefit this weekend from a 25% discount on the entire C-Store. That's everything you can buy in the C-Store, on every platform, 25% off. But it doesn't end there. In addition to the store-wide discount, there are also a few other special offers that you can use as well, and the discounts do stack. Let's start first with the PC. The Keyring Bundle is back for a limited time. Get a special price on a pack of 20 Master Keys and get a free Ultimate Tech Upgrade thrown in for free. That's perfect for unlocking Infinity Lockboxes, which have also been brought back just for this weekend. There's also a sale on packs in the PC version of the C-Store, the Temporal Special Agent Pack, the Temporal Special Agent Starter Pack, the Delta Rising Operations Pack, the Legacy of Romulus Legacy Pack, and the Legacy of Romulus Starter Pack are all 40 to 65% off, and you can apply the store-wide discount on top. These are the big special packs that come loaded with ships, uniforms, crew members, unique titles, and more. For all the contents and details on the discounts, we'll leave a link in the show notes. And finally, as if the C-Store deals weren't enough, when you load up on Zen through the PC web portal, you'll get a free Zen bonus, depending on how much you spend. Charging $10 US will earn you a 15% bonus, all the way up to $200 or more, which will earn you a 25% bonus. All these deals are now on through 10 a.m. on Tuesday, November 28th, so get your Ferengi on while you can. 
Console players, you're getting some love from the Sto devs this Black Friday weekend as well. Like PC players, they've made it so your real-life money goes farther by giving all players a discount when you purchase Zen. The discount ranges from 5% to 25% and depends on the platform and the amount, so please be sure to check the blog post before you buy. We'll leave a link in our show notes at PriorityOnePodcast.com forward slash PO344. And of course, don't forget that you're eligible for that 25% off store-wide C-Store discount as well when it's time to purchase your new ship or outfits or whatever. Finally for this week, players on Xbox One and PlayStation 4 can get their hands on a little extra dilithium too, because it's a dilithium weekend. Please note, most gameplay will earn you 50% extra dilithium, but the event has been changed so that reputation projects no longer earn a bonus. To counter that, however, you can get a better bonus, 100%, on missions in the Vluk to Asteroid field or the Fleet Dilithium Mine, to which I say, happy mining. Once again, all these events and special offers on PC and Xbox One and PlayStation 4 all run now through 10 a.m. Pacific on Tuesday, November 28th, with the very minor exception of the Dilithium Weekend, which ends on Monday. Well, that's it for this week's very short Star Trek Online news. Now let's open hailing frequencies and see what's incoming. Message coming in, sir. Hailing frequencies. Open. See, we are getting to know each other. Well, Captains, this is the part of the show where we open hailing frequencies for your incoming messages. Episode 343's community question was, what will you be doing with your Sunday nights until Discovery is back? First up, from our patron, Katie Fulfer. Listening to Klingon Opera while drinking blood wine. I think that's a pretty good use of a Sunday. Can you actually get Klingon Opera? Um, there is. It, there is, because there's that one woman, isn't it? That yes, that there's, there's you met in Albany that actually sings Klingon Opera. That's what we should do for on-screen it's segment. opera in Klingon. Yeah, exactly. I'll be la, sick that night. La vie bohème in Klingon. <laughs> The original Klingon. Klingon. Yeah. In the original Klingon. From Patreon, David S. said, The same thing we do every night, Pinky. Try to take over the world. Yeah. Yes. There's a throwback. Yeah, no kidding. From Priority One, Tyler Maxwell says, Well, I was in the middle of rewatching all of Star Trek Voyager quite a while ago before I got sidetracked by stuff. Might start that up again. I'll probably just get distracted by something else, though. That's not actually a bad idea, going back and rewatching some of the old Star Trek Yeah, episodes. like DS9. God, I feel bad for saying Star Trek Voyager and calling it the old Star Trek. You mean, yeah. Uh, but well, it is now. It Jeez. is. 20 okay. years old. Pretty close. Yeah. I was actually thinking about going back and rewatching um, Discovery again and just skipping mm. the Ship in a Bottle episodes so that I could experience the actual story, that the actual main plot. So you could skip the Sarek episode. You could skip the Harry Mudd episode. Mm-hmm. I think those are really the only the two. The second Harry Potter episode. Six yeah. and seven, yeah, I think, is the ones that you could skip. Yeah. From Facebook, Michael DeSorcy writes, Watching the Orville, as I have been. I have to catch up on Orville. I'm like oh, one you or do. two episodes behind. Oh, so good. So good. Consistently good. The last one I watched was with, um, oh, what's his face? Uh, the blue guy, but the actor's Oh, name, yeah, Rob um, Lowe. Rob Lowe. Oh, that was good. That was so funny. So good. Actually, actually, the one, the one after that. Actually, the one after that, I didn't like quite as much. It was a little bit. It like came down a little bit, I think, but still pretty good. 
but that Rob Lowe one was just just Rob mwah. Lowe was great. Oh, Rob Lowe just was great mwah. in that episode. Just, yes, yes. <laughs> From Twitter, Marty Alley said, "Sobbing into my lean cuisine uh, with Aww, two sad Marty. crying faces." <laughs> oh, that, that's that. See, that's a problem. You got to get the hungry man. You know, there's like more stuff. Like, like there's a lot of food there. You won't be unhappy then. Be yeah. They have a brownie sometimes. Mm. And once again, we took to Twitter with our Survey Sunday question. How did you spend your Star Trek Sunday without Discovery? And out of 27 votes, 15% hypothesizing Discovery theories. 33% longing for January 7th. Another 33% wrote in rewatching Discovery, hashtag no NFL. And 19% priority one, episode 343. Hashtag a goatee on one of those. Because I, inst- I because I instructed Jake to put a goatee on one of the uh, social media things. Because he on the last one, he had all the four quadrants. Where did the Discovery end up? Alpha, Beta, Gamma, Delta. And we thought it was the mirror universe. So I said, Jake, put a goatee on one of those. And so for episode 343, put a goatee on one of those. Got it. Thanks, got Jake. It, got it. Way to be. Now, we also asked for exposition, and we got exposition. So be sure to head on over and check those out from your fellow Priority One listeners. Well, that wraps up episode 344 of Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast. For more great podcasts like Mission Log and Women at Warp, visit podcasts.roddenberry.com. But before we go, here's a reminder of our community questions for this week. Do you think Galaxy Quest should be brought to the small screen for an on-demand platform? Or was the movie gold just the way it is and no further storytelling is needed? And would you rather see iconic characters like Spock, Kirk, or Pike make appearances on Discovery? Or should they avoid them and keep introducing new characters? Captains, you know we love to hear from you. Leave us a comment on our website at PriorityOnePodcast.com, on our Facebook page at Facebook.com forward slash PriorityOnePodcast, or tweet us via at PriorityOnePod. Don't miss a thing from the world of Star Trek. Catch our episodes every Friday by pointing your favorite podcast app to feeds.priorityonepodcast.com. You can even join in on the fun while we record our episodes live on Tuesday nights at around 11 p.m. Eastern. Keep an eye on our social media channels for details. And if that wasn't enough, you can join us in Star Trek Online in the Priority One Armada. If you're interested in joining us in-game, visit PriorityOneArmada.com and sign up today. And don't forget that every Saturday night, the Armada takes to our Twitch channel for some in-depth playthroughs of Star Trek Online with special rewards and contests each week. Follow us on twitch.tv forward slash priority one. This episode of Priority One Podcast is brought to you by our patrons through Patreon.com. Find out more and add your support at Patreon.com forward slash Priority One. Even if you can't make a financial contribution, please help spread the word about the show and invite your fellow Trekkies. It's your support that keeps us going. Don't forget to tune in to Priority One Productions' Guard Frequency Podcast at GuardFrequency.com. Now with a brand new format starting in December, the Guard will take you inside the universe of your favorite space sims, including a tabletop adventure played out by your hosts. If you like this show, then listening to Guard Frequency is the logical choice. Thanks to our audio team, led by Michael McDonald, with assistance from Brandon Parker and Jake Morgan, with support from Midnight Shadow 7 of Hollow Sweet Media. Thanks to Jake Morgan as well for spearheading all of our social media endeavors, especially those title-it Thursdays and awesome Survey Sundays. Thanks to our graphic artist and web designer, Henry Pomper. Thanks to the composer of our theme music, Chris Watts. 
Thanks to our syndication partners, Subspace Radio and Trek Radio. Thanks to Patreon associate producer, Navy Boats Lou. Most importantly, a big thanks to you, the Star Trek community, and our listeners. Because without your ongoing support, none of this would be possible. Enemy ship on sensors. Red alert. Shields up. Ready weapons. Engage. complete.